Butler this morning. It is an honor. Pastor Mark Butler, his wife Pamela are with us this morning. And uh, Pastor Mark and I go way, way, way back. Used to always say that it was, I, we go back so far that I had hair and he was good looking. And uh, that's how far back we go. Actually, I, I met Mark in about 1978 at Rainbow Bible Training Center. We were playing flag football in the city league against each other. And, uh, and I don't know exactly how those things happened and came uh, uh, to be. And I know we competed against each other some. And, and then Mark, well, we graduated in 1980. You were done in 79. Did you go one year or two? Just one year? He got it a lot quicker than I did. So anyway, it took me two years. Shelly did it in one year also. So there you go. But anyway, and some of you would like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to us now. But um, <laughs> um, Pastor Mark uh, did ministries from California originally and then ended up, long story short, uh, he ended up in, out in Pennsylvania and pastoring a church in Pittsburgh. And uh, I was, we, Shelly and I had been in Texas. We were here in Minnesota kind of deciding, what are we going to do? Are, are, is this ministry thing what we're going to do forever or not? And, and, and just in a real indecisive place. And then I, I sort of sensed like maybe God was leading us to pastor. Mark had called, and it's so cool because it was before the Internet, before all of that stuff, some of you might remember directory assistants. Uh, he called Minnesota directory assistants and said, can I get a number for Brian Gobar? There was no Brian Gobar, but there was a Woodis Gobar. That was my mother. He called my mom. This is his tenacity. He called my mom. My mom gave him uh, my information. He called me, and we talked for a little bit, talked a couple of times, and he was like, do you want to come out and be my youth pastor? And I was like, you know, I think God's really dealing with us to become pastors. Well, I just happen to know this church in Pennsylvania that's looking for a pastor. And so Shelly and I went out there and met Mark and, and uh, you know, the whole thing came together and I've gotten over it. I forgave him for that recommendation. No, it was an important time for us in the development of, of our lives in ministry. And I say this, I don't mean to, I, I sometimes wonder, I know God has ways of making things happen. I don't know that this church would be here or that we would be here without the influence of Pastor Mark. Uh, just that moment of life was so important for me. Uh, and that's why I have a heart for other pastors because I was struggling. Do I, you know, God, do you want me to do this? And so it was an incredibly important time of our lives. And, and then we grew a lot just personally, developed the gift that was in us and came out here and started. And then Pastor Mark preached at our first anniversary at North Junior High. And we're still trying to figure out. I think he was here twice. We're not 100% sure when it was, but it was before anything was here. So Mark and I, <clears throat> we went out to Summerland and hit some softballs. We were driving back, and I pulled into the, this building was, had a little for sale sign taped to the, to the wall. It was actually where the children's area is now, um, and this would have been like 1992, I think, maybe 93, and um, I pulled in, and I, you know, it was just right off of Highway 23, and this was the parking lot, all gravel, and I said to Mark, I said, you know, wouldn't this be a great place for a church? Wouldn't this just be a great location, and a great building, and he's like, yeah, it would be, and, and I didn't know at that moment, did not know at that time that this would be our home, that we would be here for 32 years, but God did. He put that seed in my heart. And so I don't want to put any pressure on you, Pastor Mark, but, you know, what's the next thing that God's got for us to do? I mean, uh, and, 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 and honestly, I, I won't put that on you, but, but this is how I look at Pastor Mark sharing this morning. In the book of Ephesians, it says that God gave the apostle, prophet, evangelist, a pastor, and teacher to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. It talks about some other things. And then it talks about being a joint of supply, that those ministry gifts as well as all of us, and I don't want to steal your message totally, but, but um, 
Every time we have a guest speaker, I want, I want to share this with you and remind you of this once again, that when we have a guest minister in, that there is a joint of supply. There is, there is something. There is vegetables. There is fruit. There is protein. There is something that this congregation needs that is going to be ministered to you this morning. So I want to encourage you to open up your heart, to say, Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me. I want you to lead me. Open up my ears. Open up my eyes. Help me to know and to understand what it is that I need to know and understand so I individually and we collectively can take that next step in our journey of, of followership of Christ. So I'm going to ask you this morning, would you put your hands together, give Pastor Mark a great big hand from Central Minnesota with great love and honor, Pastor Mark. And I don't know, Pamela, does Pamela want to say something? Or? No, no, she said no. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't know after that introduction what I'm going to be able to do. Uh, you know, first of all, what an honor and what a, what a privilege and what a joy to see all of you. Uh, you know, we do go back to the beginning days of our, of our lives and ministry and not knowing exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and we just connected. Of course, sports was uh, the connection. Your, your pastor's uh, pretty competitive. I don't know if you know that or not, just a little bit. And I myself am pretty competitive too <laughs> when it comes to things like that. But so we were we were at each other. But um, you know when I think back about that time, because when I heard that he had left Texas and gone up here and stuff, and the and God just really quickened my heart to say, hey, no, you need to you need to call him. And I saw all through a turn of events, which was a challenge to even find your mom. Uh, but. Aren't you glad that when you follow God and you can see what God's hand is doing and then you see all of this and the plan and the purpose of God, you know, that's the joy. That's, that's, that's the privilege that I have to see that. You know, all I did was listen and, and obey and uh, he, they didn't want to forgive me. They did go to a very interesting church, but it was a great church for them and they were, the, they were so perfect for that church. And here's the one thing too is that when he came, I actually got to have one fun day a month. That was our thing. That's what we were allowed to have. It was only one. We got to have one fun day, to, you know, so we would go do something to enjoy whatever it was. But that's what our wives let us. We only were allowed one fun day. You're only allowed one fun day, you know. And I am uh, uh, so blessed, you know. I thank God. I was telling, you know, he first thing he did to to in. Uh, we met them, and he says, listen, don't believe half of what uh, Mark said about me. This is what Pastor Brian said. I said, well, listen, I said, I said good things about you, but I said a whole lot better things about Shelly. <laughs> Praise God, because we know that without our wives, we can't do anything. Amen? And it's true. It's true in that. And so I just want to share this morning. I, I really just want to share with you, encourage you. I'm a pastor. Uh, it's what I do. I I, you know, he's, he's been doing this for 43 years. I've been doing it for 44 just because I got out a, a little earlier there. I just did the one year uh, through a turn of events. But praise God, aren't you glad he's still in the ministry? We're still in the ministry and still has joy. You know, you, you, you are blessed. I know that usually every guest minister comes in and they say, oh, look at how great your pastor is and their pastor's wife because, you know, they're, they're hoping that they like them. But I truly like it, these guys. You know, you can't be connected for 40-some-odd years and not like each other. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I just want to pray, and then I just want to share something that I believe that will bless you immensely. Amen? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for these amazing folks that are here. Thank you for this incredible church and these wonderful pastors. Lord, I just ask that you anoint these lips of clay. Father, I just want to speak the way you want me to speak, and I just want to touch lives. just want to share my heart to encourage the body of Christ. They're your kids. They're your children. Father, you love them so much more. And so, Lord, we honor you, and we thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, hallelujah, who is our teacher and who is our guide, who teaches us and guides us into all truth. Lord, thank you for that, and we just honor you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that's done, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen and amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles or if you got your phones, your iPads, or you can go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to talk to you about your supply of the Spirit that you have, that you brought here this morning. Many years ago, uh, when I first started out in pastoring, I was pastoring in Pittsburgh, and uh, uh, I brought in guest speaker. And I brought, used to bring in a lot of guest speakers, but I brought in a guest speaker one time, and uh, he shared this with me. After the service on Sunday, he said, he said, can I just be really honest with you? And I said, well, sure. You know, he said, you didn't prepare for this meeting. You and your whole church expected me to come in and bring everything. And I said, yeah, sure. That's what you're supposed to do. That's why I invited you. That's why I'm giving you an offering. Right? At that time, you know, he said, but that's not the case. He said, did you ever read in Nazareth where Jesus could do there no mighty work because of the great unbelief that was going on? <laughs> he says, not that there was unbelief here. He said, but what there was, there wasn't an expectancy. He said, y'all forgot to bring your supply. And I said, well, what do you mean I forgot to bring my supply? Well, let's begin to read about it. It's like, you know, each one of you brought a supply this morning. You brought a supply of the Spirit. Each one of you brought a supply of your finances to be a blessing to the church. But your supply of the Spirit is far greater than anything you ever have. Your presence in this place, hallelujah, and your presence online, but your presence in this place is the atmosphere, and it creates the atmosphere for what God's about to do in your lives. Do you ever wonder why some person gets more blessed than the other person? Man, what's God doing? Why is this person just, seems like they're getting more than me. What's going on? Well, they've probably turned up their supply. There's a supply of the Spirit. So I'm going to give you three scriptures, and then we're just going to preach. Amen? So you ready? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says this. It says, from whom the whole body, and this is where he was just talking about that God gave you pastors and, and apostles and all them. He says, from the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, it makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The New Living Translation says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19, the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church, he said this, he said, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Amplified Bible says this, for I am well assured that, and indeed I know that through your prayers and bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, this will turn out for my preservation for the spiritual health and welfare of my own soul and avail toward the saving work of the gospel. Hallelujah. 
I share that with you because when you come, you get, come with an expectancy and a heart attitude, then you get to receive. How many know you get to receive what your expectation is? Amen? It, it's amazing to me is that when I used to go back to seminars or go back to camp meetings or uh, different things that were going on, that it, if I went back and I was tired and I went back and I was just like... I, I would get there and it'd be like, oh, okay, help me, give something here. And listen, those are good things. You have to go back. You need to be encouraged. But I didn't get near as much as if I went thinking, you know what? I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to change myself here. I'm going to go with an expectation. I'm going to go with a heart hunger how to, to receive. I'm going to give a supply of the Spirit and with an, a heart hunger to hook up. And, to do that. and I'm going to receive from God today. And it's amazing how much I got. Because did you know that you're not here to hear what I have to say? You're here what the Spirit of God has to say to you. Because God wants to cause increase in the body. Notice it said there in the New Living Translation, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. You've got your own part to play, but you've got your own supply. And the greater the supply, the greater the manifestation uh, that God can do. And every one of us has that opportunity to receive. Because God wants us to increase in every area of our life. Even if you're doing incredibly wonderful, God still wants you to be more wonderful. Amen? Even if you think you know everything, God wants you to know more. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and we have to, you know, God always has a purpose for every service, but he also has a purpose for our lives. You know, it used to amaze me because, you know, we go back to different things. You know, we're connected to the same ministry. And so we go back every year and, and, and our, um, you know, person that we would follow and stuff would say the same stories and use the same scriptures and do the same thing over and over and over again. But he had a divine purpose, you know. As it says, you know, God never dispenses his power apart from his purpose. God always has a purpose. How I many you know God does everything on purpose? He's not, it's not happening. God does it on purpose. But I know I'd go back every year. And so I'd go back for 20, 30 years to go back and listen. And, you know, I got something out of it all the time. I'd get something. God would show me things. And it was such a blessing. And yet I'd walk out the same door with people and they'd say, boy, I wish he'd say something different. I wish he'd use something different. I wish he'd just do something different. He does the same thing. I said, yeah, well, it's called prayer seminar. So he's going to teach on prayer. You know that? So that's called prayer seminar. You know. But then I realized something. Because I would go and I'd listen. And I'd say, I want to listen, Lord. I want to hear what you And I'd take notes. And then I'd go up because my friends would be preaching or teaching or sharing. I'd go up. And then when I'd go up to uh, talk to them and say, man, that was awesome. I'd say, look what I mean. I got all these notes. And I would show them my notes. And they would go, I never said that. I never did. I said, yeah, you did. I wrote it all down. I'm not that smart. And they'd say, no, the Spirit of God showed you all that. And they'd, they'd say, see, they'd show me their notes. And I'd compare my notes to their notes. And, and me, most of the time, my notes were a whole lot better than theirs. <laughs> and they, in fact, I had several of them. Most of them say, hey, can we, can we have a copy of your notes? That's really good. I said, well, how did I get that? I asked the Lord about that. He said, because you're not limited to them. You're not limited to them. Amen? You're not limited to them. You know, as a pastor, I, I, in this, this statement right here, if everybody in the church believed what you believe and expected what you, you know, expected for the service, what kind of service would we have? If everybody came the same way you came this morning, what are we going to get? <laughs> Boy, it's quiet in here. Y'all okay? It's good. Listen, you know, 
But you know why that statement is there? It's because God asked me that question as the pastor. I was grumbling. I was complaining about my church. And, uh, and I've got a great church. I love my church. I love everybody. But this, you know, this was uh, when I was back in Pittsburgh. And so things were happening. And I was just, and just on the inside of me, God says, well, if everybody comes like you this morning, what's going to happen? I said, it's going to be bad. We're going to have a lousy service. <laughs> this is not good. He said, so don't you think you ought to change? Amen. So I've never, from that day forward, and from when I really began, I stopped. I stopped coming to church. How did you, number one, with a bad attitude. Number two, I come with an expectancy. Amen. I come with a heart desire. I come, hallelujah, to receive. So how many of you know you got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you at times? you got to stir some things up. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God. How many of you know sometimes you got to stir up joy? Sometimes you just got to stir it up and say, oh, my gosh. Like especially if you're thinking you got to teach the kids this morning before you're in the nursery this morning. Or if you got to do something, you got to stir up joy. you got to stir up some peace. you got to get ready, you know, to do those things there. But God's planted you here, and God wants you to be planted here. Thank God for a great church. Thank God. Especially in this day and age, we need our churches more than ever. So whether or not, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you know, the church is the highest authority in our land. It is the highest. God gave authority to the church. He didn't give authority to the president. He didn't give authority to the authorities. He gave authority to the church. And the spiritual side of things is that you have the authority, and we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're not dealing, you know, with all the way. That's not our fight. Our fight isn't all about that. We know there's all kinds of things going on. But praise God. Thank God. God's got it in control. Amen. Did you know you have the right answer, that you have the truth? I know your pastor. He's teaching truth. You guys got the truth. And you got somebody who's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. Amen. You know, I'm from California, okay? We, our state is really interesting. Your state's catching up. God bless you. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Uh, not that I want you to catch up. I do not want that. Uh, without the nice weather, yeah. You know, we have zero humidity, okay? Uh, but we have hot. It, it's hot where we're at right now. But uh, uh, it, it doesn't have any humidity. But, you know, we have a tendency as the church to think that, wow, look at this, because the world is always talking so loud. But listen, our voice carries far more weight than any other voice in the world. Your voice carries the most power in your life, but it also carries power because it's God's word in your mouth is the same as God's word in his mouth. Amen? You know? And the most important thing about it is, is that you want to receive from God and you want to grow in the things of God because you want to know that God's going to take care of you, that God's going to protect you, that God's going to give you strength, that God's going to do the things that the Word of God says He's going to do. Amen? Just like He said, you know, uh, uh, talking about Christianity being simple but not easy. Amen? There's lots of challenges. And that's why I always admire it. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I love you, Pastor. I love any man of God that is excited about God, amen, when they've been in it a long time. Amen? Hallelujah. I have coffee with a 93-year-old gentleman who's a retired pastor. He's 93 years old. We've been having coffee for 26 years, once a week, because uh, he's been retired for 26 years, okay? Uh, and... Uh, he 
is amazing. He stirs me up. He's invited more people to my church. He's witnessed to more people than I'll probably ever witness to. That's his, his desire, ministry and stuff. And so we go have coffee and we at the coffee shop and stuff. And he is as bold as bold can be. And he's always challenging me to do more. He's always challenging me about my supply. And you know, it's amazing when he is not in church, you can see that there's a spiritual lull. He brings that much supply. You know, he's not quiet in church, bless his heart, but he's a great guy, you know, and I love him because he just wants to reach one more. He always tells me, I don't know why I'm here, except there must be one more person needs to get saved. One more person just needs to get saved. There must be one more person I got to touch. Isn't that amazing? That he, and to have joy and to have excitement. Because we have a tendency to think, well, I'm going through the motions. But God doesn't want us to go through the motions. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have peace. He wants our life to be precious. Amen? And to be exciting, full of joy. Amen? Thank God. Hallelujah for the word of God. You know, and here's the thing about it. Uh, here's how you do it. Well, how do I do that? How do I get my supply? How do I get to receive? Two things that you need to do. And it's very simple. First of all, how do I do You do that is you pay attention with your heart. Pay attention with how do I do that? Well, you just ask the Holy, Holy Spirit, I want to receive from you. I know that pastor's ministering this morning. He's going to share. But I want it with you have to speak to my heart. And he'll show you things. You know? And the second thing is you use your faith, amen, and you expect. You know, because your expectation is God's invitation into your life. Your expectation is God's invitation to move towards you. What are we expecting God to do this morning? Are we expecting God to touch us? Are we expecting God to do some things? It's your supply that you brought. And when you do that, because, you know, your pastor, he's praying, he's doing, we're praying, we're, we're giving it our all. It's just so joyful, man, when people are just right there with you and they're like, yeah, I want to. And God can do far more than what you could even ask or think or expect. He could just open up and show you things. Amen? And he wants to. His desire is to do that. His desire is to do that. You know, I've, I've noticed over the years of ministry, there's two kinds of people in the church. Those that usually just, all right, let's see what you got. Amen? They just come and they want you to see what you want to do. You know, and then there are other ones are those that come with faith and expectancy of saying, I've got to receive from God. See, I don't know about you, but, you know, I grew up in church. So my, my testimony is not a crazy testimony. I got saved in church, grew up in church, started out in ministry very young, and uh, I've been in ministry my whole life. But going to church, you know, I had a thing happen to me when I was 17 years old. I was in church sitting there, and there was this young lady that had just gotten saved, and she was in her 20s, and she had sat down next to me, and, and we were going to partake of communion, had to do the Lord's. And so they were doing communion, and she's just weeping, and she's just, and you know, and I'm looking at like, I just, I reached out and said, hey, hey, it's just communion. Tells you about, you know, I was church smart. I was dumb, church dumb. And she looked at me in her tears and she said, but you don't understand what Jesus has forgiven me from. You don't understand. This is so precious to me. And I tell you, I got so convicted. I got so, i like, boy, you dummy. Gosh. You know, and it just, that transformed my life right then in a lot of ways because I realized that it was just this. It was just, oh, it's just that story. 
oh, it's just this thing. Oh, yeah, I've heard that verse before. Amen. We always have to start. start. Anytime that the word of God is not life to me and it doesn't bring joy and peace, anytime it's not exciting and it's holy, then I know that I need to back up. There's something in my life that I haven't done. There's something that I need to stir up because these words are words of life. They're words of eternal life. They change our lives. Amen? One word from God can change our life forever. Hallelujah. It changes everything in us. Amen? Hallelujah. And the key is, is we need each other. Did you know that we need each other? We need each other. We need the supply of each other because each one of you has a special word. We need your supply. And you're not limited to just what you know. Thank God you've got the Holy Spirit who can teach you and guide you and show you. Hallelujah. Of what needs. So we got to turn up our expectancies. We got to turn it up. Amen. Because then you'll see what God can do in you. Hallelujah. How you know in the, in the New Testament with the disciples, once they got in unity and in one accord and they began to pray, God began to do all kinds of wonderful things in their lives. Amen. And so when we get our responsibility to receive, we get our responsibility that when I come to church, I need to get there. Why do you need to get there? Because they need my supply. We need your supply. The Lord hath need of you. Amen? You're not just here to be here. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose. And he wants to pour into you and he wants to show you something. He wants to bring revelation to you. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring healing. Whatever it is that you need, he wants to give you because that's the presence of God. He loves you so much. So you've got to always ask yourself, do I have an attitude of expectancy in my heart? Do I, what am I going to get out of this? And man, when you come with that attitude, great things begin to take place. Amen? Great things begin to take place. Because you just came in revving your engines. You know, it's, I always think this. By the time we get everybody to position, it's like when we get done with church, now, now we're ready to have church. You know, we've got everything. We've worshiped. We did things. Now I think we ought to go back in and worship again. Sometimes I think we do that. I think we ought to get up and just preach and then go into worship. So you've got something, you know, worshiping. You've got to grab a hold of some things. I mean, maybe switch it up. I don't know why we always, we're always saying, oh, we're doing to do worship so you can get ready to hear. I think they need to hear, then get ready to worship. Because we've come to meet the king. We've come into his presence. I don't know about you, but I came to hear what God has to say. I've come to hear, and I've come to meet with him. And when you meet with him, man, what a privilege it is. What an honor it is. And what a blessing it is that we actually get to do this. See, when you come to ready and your engines are ready, man, things can happen. Do you ever wonder why you go to special meetings and then all things kind of happen? Like, how come God does everything there? Why is God doing everything there? You know why? Because everybody had an expectation. They spent money to go, to get there, to get hotels, to get it. And they're coming. They're standing in lines. You remember back in the day, people used to stand in line for hours to, to get into the meetings. Man, you can't. I mean, nobody stands in lines now too much to do anything. You know, because we say, I'm not going to. That, that restaurant, that's going to be land. I'll just order it. Have it sent to me. I, can just, I don't want to go to the store. I'll just order it on Amazon. Right? So we, everybody's like this. But church, we have to come. We have to come together. We have to come together. Why? Because we're creating a, a bigger conduit for God to come down and touch lives. You know, when I was a, an usher way back 
way back when I first started, and uh, I was a head usher. And so we had, a, it, was a, it was a small church, but I was helping things, and I knew about people, and I knew about couples who were struggling in their marriages, or I knew about this person, and then I knew about other couples that were awesome in their marriage. So when this couples would come in, and, uh, I, and of course, back in the day, they didn't let you just come in and sit where you want. We, we escorted you down. We gave the ladies our arm, and we escorted. We had him, and I had also we're doing it. So I got this one couple, and I put them right over here, and uh, uh, you sat them down. Then another, when, a, when another couple came in that I knew had a great marriage, I said, you know what? I got a perfect place for you right next to this couple that's struggling. And I put them together and get them to talking because, you know, the ladies and stuff. Why was I doing that? Because I knew they needed to see somebody who's succeeding. They needed to see some things and see what was transpiring. Because when God tells you you're in the right place, hallelujah, then you, you're, you're giving your supply. Amen. You're giving your supply. I'll tell you a little story. I had a lady at this particular church that I did this, and I was the head usher. So if somebody left my church, you know, during the service, I made sure they were either going to the bathroom or what was going on. Was I, I talked to them all. Now, it wasn't giant like this one, but here's the thing. I had a lady come in with green hair one time. And nothing wrong with green hair. People in California all have green hair. It's all good stuff. But it, different things. But she had just, and, and that, that was way back when. It was just because she had a mess up with the beauty parlor, whatever that is, or the salon or whatever it was. So she's, anyways, she just ran out and she had got upset about something. And I ran out after her and I said, what happened? And I caught her down the hallway. We were in a school, actually. And I said, what's going on? She goes, oh, no, no, this. I said, well, just wait a minute. Let me just pray with you before you go. And you're going to, but let me pray with you. Let me just talk to you and just, just calm you down first. You don't need to be driving like that. So I began to pray with her and calmed her. I said, you know what? And I just shared something with her. So she came back into the service. And, you know, sat down and everything and then, you know, was there. And I left there and, and uh, uh, you know, went on in ministry and didn't see anything. And I'm at a meeting one day. And all of a sudden, this lady who didn't have green hair ran up to me and said, hey, it's you. And I said, it's who? It's who? She said, it's you. And I go, well, I am me, but I don't know who you are. She said, you don't remember me. I said, no. And she begins to share the story. She said, you saved my life. I said, well, how did I save your life? She said, well, you caught me and didn't let me leave. And you talked to me and you prayed with me and you, were so, and you brought me back in. She said, and she grabbed her husband. She, bring, she said, and this is my husband now. And we just graduated from, from Rama, And we're in ministry. And, we're, and I'm like, just because I gave my supply. Because I was doing what God called me to do at that time. Just giving my supply. Just helping somebody. All I was doing was trying to keep a lady from crying and driving her car home. I didn't know that it was going to change your life. I didn't know what was going to how to handle it. See, many times we don't think, we think, well, yeah, it's just me. Yeah, it's just you. You're a child of God. You're anointed of God. You've got God's presence in you. And listen, you have a supply. And you may meet somebody that only you're going to meet. And you need to give them your supply. Give them your encouragement that's going to strengthen them. Hallelujah. Because then you'll start seeing the unexpected. You'll start seeing God do things. And you'll be like, oh, man. Wow. God, God you're awesome. Hallelujah. And then you'll also understand that, hey, when somebody comes in, it's like, man, there's somebody else with a supply that I may need. I need encouragement. Remember, Paul was encouraged by the coming of Titus. Hallelujah. He was encouraged by the coming of Titus. People are so precious. We, we sometimes think that what, our little, what we do is not valuable. 
but it's very, very valuable. I always tell all of my folks that are doing kids or doing nursery, I said, listen, you're in here, and you're being such a blessing ministering to these kids and bringing bringing life into them and you're doing, because you're allowing their parents to get the word of God so that they can raise these kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. What a blessing. What a joy. Hallelujah. Amen. You're not just over here doing, you're doing, you're imparting, putting life into them. Amen. See, so we get that expectation, that heart hunger from God. Hallelujah. There's a heart hunger. And, and, it, and you know, it just thrills my heart to see all of you. But man, how much more can God begin to do if we all come with a heart of expectancy and a heart knowing, hey, I'm bringing a supply. I've got a supply of the Spirit of God. How did he, that the body of Christ, you know, at Joy Christian Center needs. Amen? That's why, you know, when everything hit, we couldn't meet together. It just broke my heart. Because people said, well, we can do everything online. And I love online. We're online. It's been a tremendous blessing. But there's nothing like being together and gathering together and seeing what God can do supernaturally through you and me. Amen? And that's my heart. If you can get everybody to accept, or you, and you're not going to get everybody because you always have visitors, but if you can get the majority to get an expectation, God can move even in a greater degree. You'll see your pastor preach even far better than he is. And I know he's an awesome teacher and pastor because he's really good. But you'll even see more and more and more. Hallelujah. Because you come ready to receive, but you all come, also come ready to give. To give. Hallelujah. Just to give and to watch God do supernatural things in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads. I'm going to just pray for you as the congregation. And then I'm just going to give a simple altar call. Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing church. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace that's upon it. Father, it just so thrills my heart. Hallelujah. For what you've done and what you're doing right here in Minnesota. Lord, my heart's desire is that I've just shared very simply of what they can do, what they have. And as they come with a heart of expectancy. Oh, hallelujah. They come ready to receive and ready to give. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the increase in the body of Christ, the increase, hallelujah, of, of the love of God. Because, Father, your heart's desire is to see people born into the kingdom of God, to become followers of Jesus, hallelujah. But also your heart's desire is for your kids to grow up to grow up in the things of God and to, to experience your love and your grace. Your love gets so greater and greater. Hallelujah. Oh, and, and we get to walk in all the light of what you show us. Father, that's my heart's desire, that this, this church just expands and grows and goes the way you desire to see it go. Father, I don't know anyone here except for the pastors. But my heart is, is that People be born into the kingdom of God, that they would know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, that they would believe in their heart, hallelujah, and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is their Lord, hallelujah. That seems so simple, but yet so profound because we believe, we know, and we have. You may be here today, and you may have just come and said, man, I'm just here. You may say, I don't think I have a supply. I don't have... Man, I don't think I have anything to give. That's okay, because you're here to receive. 
You're here to receive life. You're here to receive encouragement. You're here to receive strength. But you're most of all here to receive Jesus. Hallelujah. And to set yourself in agreement with him and set yourself to know that he is what you've been missing. And to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is so simple. It's simply this. Romans 10, 9 and 10 said that if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you would be saved. Hallelujah. And that's my heart. That's my cry. Is that you would know that. I mean, that's that's all that's what Jesus is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth before he ends this thing. He just wants one more saved. He wants one more touched. Hallelujah. And so if you are here, it's simple prayer. That's all. That's what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say. You can do that right there, right where you're at. Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe with all my heart that you love me, that you died for me. And I want you to be my Savior and my Lord. Hallelujah. Forgive me of all my sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that. And Lord, I just thank you and praise you. I do speak blessings over this church. Increase blessings. Father, thank you for what you have done. But oh, thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.